timing's very important in the classroom. Um, yeah, Rosie, this is my second performance of the day. My first one was at 20 to 9 this morning. Um, this evening, what are there, about 250 sophisticated and very discerning adults. Um, for my first performance, there were 32 12-year-olds. When I woke up this morning, I had that sort of knot of anxiety in my stomach, and it wasn't about talking to you. Um, it was really about how on earth I was going to teach these 12-year-olds about um, the highest common factor, the lowest common multiple, and how you put that in a Venn diagram. How many of you can do that for me? Oh, you see, there you go. Absolutely pathetic. Um, uh, at, by the end of my lesson, they couldn't do it either, I'm afraid. I'm, I'm, I'm slightly ashamed to say. Uh, but that wasn't all that went wrong with that lesson. I inadvertently did a couple of thousand quid's worth of damage by getting muddled between which was the pen for the interactive whiteboard and which was the indelible felt pen that you use on the other board. So, um, that, so things were a bit pear-shaped. But anyway, it's early days. And as Rosie said, I used to have the cushiest job in the world on the FT. I was a columnist and it was my job really to take the piss out of companies that did stupid things. And as companies do so many stupid things, it was really very, very easy to write about. Um, it was so easy and so enjoyable that I went on doing the same thing for 32 years. And when I announced, um, when was it, last October, that I was going to chuck it in and become a maths teacher, teacher, everyone said the same thing to me, which was, God, that's brave, um, in that tone of voice that means that's really stupid. Um, and then they would all ask the same thing after that, which is, you know, why, why are you doing that? Um, well, I mean, there are various answers to that. Although I am 58, as has already been pointed out, I... Google assures me that I'm going to live forever. I've typed my details into Google, and it says that I will, be, um, I will die when I'm 94, which means that there's an awful lot of working life left. And, I mean, that is the same, really, for most of us. And we were brought up to feel that our careers would have one major chunk. And that just doesn't work anymore. I mean, even though my job was the nicest thing in the world, 32 years was sort of too long. And I realized that when I wasn't frightened of being useless anymore. I mean, fear is the most powerful motivator that there is. And the thing that kept me going writing all of those columns was the fear that I was going to write something that would be truly dreadful. And once that fear had gone, I think I was writing things that were pretty dreadful. Um, and it was, you know, it was definitely time to think of something else to do. And what I wanted most was, you know, having been cynical all my life, I suddenly thought, well, why not change completely and do something that's useful? And there is nothing more useful than teaching, and I have it in the blood. My mum was an amazing teacher at Camden School for Girls, and my daughter left university four years ago and became a teacher with Teach First. How many people know what Teach First is? Yeah, sort of massive people. Anyway, it was a scheme that was set up to encourage very, very smart graduates to become teachers instead of going off to work for sort of Goldman Sachs and McKinsey. And um, so she started teaching, and she cried every day, as teachers do at the beginning. And then by Christmas, um, she told me that she had got a, a little note from some girl who had been absolutely toxic in her class that just said, you're awesome, miss. Um, and I thought that was so 
so nice I almost felt jealous of my own daughter and thought, I want to do something like that too. So I started to apply to be a teacher and um, I was put off almost at once. If you go onto the government websites, there are all of these sort of gorgeous pictures of 22-year-olds. And then there was this further requirement that you have to produce your GCSE certificates. <laughs> um, well, I mean, you know, I'm way too old to have even done GCSEs. And where on earth my O-level certificates where I had absolutely no idea. So I sort of felt a bit discouraged. And then I thought, if there is teach first, where is teach last? Where is teach last for all of those people like me who have sort of run out of enthusiasm in whatever they're doing? So I met Katie Waldegrave, who is, she was in the first year of Teach First and is a social entrepreneur and had set up other things. And we decided to do it together. Um, she talked me out of calling it Teach Last, which I thought was a brilliant name, um, pointing out that it did actually make it sound as if it was sort of crematorium next stop. And that wasn't going to be quite so good. So it's called Now Teach, which is a bit sort of... But, you know, I guess it's sort of fine. Anyway, so we set up Now Teach. We decided we would um, try and find people where there was the worst teacher shortage. So that means in sort of maths and science, a bit of modern languages. And we placed them in schools where... Um, where the kids were mainly from quite deprived backgrounds. We thought it's all going to be marvellous and we had no money to publicise ourselves and I thought, well, I'll just write about it in the FT and say to readers, I'm leaving to be a maths teacher, why don't you come with me? And we had no idea what to expect and we sort of thought, well, if we could find eight people, that would be enough to do a little pilot year. But what happened was that the floodgates opened. We had a thousand applications. Um, we had, they weren't just from the people who I was sure we'd get the sort of, I mean, any lawyers in the room? I bet, are you really miserable? I bet you are. I mean, you know, lawyers are, so, the corporate lawyers, if you're corporate lawyers, I, and, and you, the lights are too dim for me to see if you're a certain age, of a certain age or not, but if you are, I absolutely bet you're miserable. Um, so we had more applications for, from corporate lawyers and bankers than you could shake a stick at. But we also had, which was really interesting, applications from sort of everyone. We had doctors who had had enough, heart surgeons. We had sort of retired sportsmen. We had all sorts of unexpected people, a couple of, of, of sort of fed up clergymen. I mean, we had lots and lots and lots of applications from lots of different people, which sort of proved the central point that no one is there saying to people in their 50s, come this way and start all over again. And so as we were saying that, everyone was flop flocking our way, irrespective of whether they were suited for the job or not. Um, so among that first flush of enthusiasm was someone who had been the CEO of some company had a you know, really dazzling CV and I thought gosh this is brilliant um, the next day he sent me an email saying slightly sort of shamefacedly saying that he had broken the news to his wife over dinner that he was um, applying to be a teacher and she pointed out that um, he didn't really like children very much <laughs> um, not even his own she said um, so, so um, he clearly wasn't suitable but um, at the same time, I got an email from a woman who had also been a journalist, and she had left at 50, and she said that she had found teaching so awful, so knackering. She dropped off the course. She said, she, you know, her whole spirit was broken. She hasn't worked since. And she said, I was doing the most immoral thing, trying to persuade all of these people into a, into, in, you know, into a career. She said, I was being a sort of pied piper, um, sort of leading all of these bankers to their certain death in the classroom. 
but she wasn't actually the only person to see it like that. Um, we've had 27 offers from reality TV producers. So work that out. Do they think it's going to go well? Hmm. Um, so they, you know, everyone wants to film the humiliation of the derivatives trader. So we have, I mean, I actually would have gone for it and thought, why not? You know, well, publicity is good publicity. But I've been talked out of that one too, so that there will be no um, reality TV, at least not at the moment. So anyway, we had these thousands of people applying and we put them through exactly the same selection that a 22-year-old would go would, would go through if they wanted to get onto one of these courses that means you start in a start training directly in a school and that was fascinating because our people did really badly in those interviews so imagine the senior partner of a corporate law firm being asked sort of you know think of a time when you received negative feedback um, and those sort of awful moronic sort of assessment questions and he sort of he was sort of going, I was sitting in on this interview and he was going gosh, you know, that's a hard one. You know, it's me who gives the feedback. You know, I've never received negative feedback. Anyway, so they were all judged. A lot of them were judged to be too arrogant and they didn't actually make it through. But we've whittled it down and there are nearly 50 of us and we've all just begun. And our reasons for wanting to do this are all quite interesting and all expressed in different ways. Some, like me, have teaching in the blood. But there was this woman, she's been a documentary filmmaker all her life, and she said that she, had, she, she was just fed up of sort of being on the outside, commenting on the fabric of society, and she actually wanted to be in it. And, and, and sort of, in a way, I feel like that too. So we are now, um, this is day one, of week three for all of us. Um, and I have, I was just sort of thinking um, on my way here, there's only four weeks and four days left till half term. Um, it is totally, completely knackering. Um, I, I, you know, it's just hard to describe just how exhausting it is. But if, if I went into this because I didn't feel afraid anymore as a journalist, all my wishes have come, through, uh, have come true. I have never been more terrified in all my life. There is so much that can go wrong, and I know absolutely nothing. So, um, you know, I've been emailing the other people a lot, as you can imagine. We've got a WhatsApp message group that just pings the whole time. I got an email um, last week from this chap who had been in private equity and very successful all of his life. Life, and the email just said, I hate this. I want to stop now. Um, and so when I get things like that, you know, and I'm struggling with my own day, I just think, oh, this is going to be such a car crash. But, but this particular man went home and spoke to his grown-up son that evening, and his grown-up son said, Dad, man up. <laughs> uh, you know, this is, you know, no one ever said this was going to be easy. So he's now told me that he has absolutely committed to the two years. I've told them that they, are all, that they are all morally obliged to stick it out for two years, and he promises that he will now do that. But talking to the others about how they feel so far is really interesting. Some of them are sort of saying, oh, well, you know, I'm sort of, I always knew I was going to be a natural, and of course I am. And it's those ones that you need to worry about, because actually teaching is really hard and Everyone is rubbish at first. So, so I'm, I'm sort of not impressed by those. I, I'm sort of more, 
I feel sort of I feel more warmly towards the people who say they've cried every day, um, and 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 because it is so exhausting. And one woman said that she had given this lesson for year sevens, and the kid came up to her at the end and just gave her a little note and said, "I really liked your lesson, Miss." And she was so overwhelmed that she had to sort of turn away from this nice kid so that she wouldn't see that she was actually going. Oh. Um, uh, she said that it was like having a baby and that you can go to all, all of the um, NCT classes you like, but nothing prepares you for the reality of having a baby. It's more exhausting than you, know, than you ever, ever expected it to be. But I feel that I only want to talk to people now who get it. I don't want to talk to people who look at me blankly. Um, and I did do a, a, an event for the FT in Ken, at Kenwood um, a couple of weeks ago, just before I started. And um, Jeremy Paxman, who hadn't actually been in the talk, he was performing in something else of his own, um, came up to me afterwards and sort of said, you know, this now teach thing, marvelous, marvelous. You know, how do I sign up for that? So I thought, God, that would be a real coup. So I said, oh, great. Well, you and I take your details right now. And then he said, so, so you know, what is it? Sort of an afternoon a week? Um, and so I had to say, no, it was not an afternoon a week. It was very, very hardcore. And he then looked rather less enthusiastic. But so I really only want to be with people who get just how difficult, how, just how difficult this is. Um, on my way here, I was wondering what I, what I hope for. And what I hope for is first that most of us last the course, because if we don't, the schools won't want us. I mean, as it was, it was quite hard persuading some of them that old people might do well in such an exhausting profession. But we need to prove that, not necessarily that we're better teachers than 22-year-olds, than but that we bring something extra. We've all got contacts. We can all sort out work experience. We all talk in a different way. It seems to me pretty obvious that there are things that we can give schools that they don't have already. But there's something else that I hope for, and I hope you're all going to keep your fingers crossed for me. I'm, I'm dashing off now, and uh, alas, because I've got more lessons to prepare for tomorrow. Just keep your fingers crossed for, for me that if nothing else, I remember which of those blinking pens is which. Thanks very much. <laughs>